the Speakers Bank Podcast. Our voices, our views. And welcome to yet another edition of the Speakers Bank Podcast. Today I'm joined by Storm. Hello everybody, cold day but good to be here. And Catherine. Hi guys. Guys, the Andrews Labor government has announced a zero-tolerance approach to abuse of people with a disability with a range of measures in response to a recent preliminary inquiry. The government will introduce a code of conduct which includes training the workforce to better recognise, prevent and report abuse and strengthening the disability services system as part of Victoria's transition to the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Um, sorry, Mimi, just there. I think you've made a slight time. They will fund greater oversight of disability services, including enhanced functions for the Disability Services Commissioner and training for community visitors to be able to identify and report abuse. The government will also expand the Disability Work Exclusion Scheme to protect the safety of people accessing all disability services. So, first of all, what we're going to cover is safety when we're out and about in public spaces. So guys, what sort of things um, do you expect to see and have um, in facilities to, to make um, places safer? Well, for me, the number one thing is always toilets. Um, you can never have enough uh, disability friendly toilets, and that's probably the number one. Number two is uh, disability parking. Yep. There's enough disability parks to get to that area. And also the ability to recognise that you have a disability and you need help. Um, because I remember one time we went to a conference in, um, I think it was Royal Labor Arena. We turned up and nobody knew how to help us and what direction it was to take us to the, to the disability area of where we were supposed to be. Uh, the disability toilets weren't properly assigned and the area to get into it was very, very difficult, very, very squashy, wasn't enough space, wasn't enough room. So, yeah, all those type of things. And what, what are your thoughts, Catherine? What would you like to see? I'd like to see um, more people that understand in people's needs so like if someone approached if if a person with a slight intellectual or some kind of brain injury that you know and you don't see the disabilities and and they're after directions and someone will say yeah it's just over there or you know but they're not getting the message, so yep. that person isn't understanding and that person needs more specific. Don't they have like a disability travel advisor that can help them in those situations? But I reckon they need to be more, yeah. because I don't see it in every station. True, true. They need it more in every station and more true. accessible. Yeah. What you're referring to, Stormer, if, if I've got it correctly, is the, is the travel aid. Correct, correct, yeah. Correct. Which V-Line is an absolutely, absolute advocate for, I might yep. add. And they only have them at selected stations, but they, they're, they're worth it. I think, um, the, yeah, 
I reckon that needs to be addressed and being at every station. Yeah. Well, I've actually had a, I've actually had a worker tell me that if you want to see it, you know, you you need to, we need to speak up and be able to tell Metro that that's what we want because they think that their current system actually works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. So. Um, Just before you go on, yeah, sure. how do people with disabilities uh, apply for that sort of feedback for Metro? Is there a contact number? That so there is a contact number. I, I don't know it off the top of my head. Yep. Um, but the, but you can call um, Public Transport Victoria. Right. Um, and and give they've actually got a dedicated feedback line. Like I didn't know that, so that's fantastic. And the other thing that you're entitled to, but you may, I don't know if you have it, but if you have a physical disability, um, and I think it may also be for certain intellectual disabilities, but don't quote me on that. You can actually get a travel pass, so you're entitled to free travel on anything except for a sky bus. Right. Yeah. So we're going to move on now. I would say that in my experience, off the basis of what we talked about, I've noticed for me in public, narrow spaces are a real hazard when it comes to my scooter. And I've also noticed, um, I don't know if you've ever had this experience with a wheelchair storm, but people just don't look. <laughs> yeah, it's all like, like out of the way, you pick you, you your horn and they're not even looking at you. Like I've got this massive red scooter and they just don't seem to, like for example, when a platform is crowded, right, and I've got to get to the other end of it. Um, for example, I can miss up to two trains because people just don't move out of the way. I, I find it, I find it really annoying how if you're on the wrong side of the platform, you have to travel all the way back to that particular area just to get on. I find yeah, it yeah. so annoying. But here's the thing: it's with me. It's not even that way. Let's say I've got th I've got two minutes till a train comes. If there's nobody there, I can floor it and get across the platform. But every 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 square meter, I'm saying to someone, "Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me," when when they should just be automatically stepping back because it's common sense. But it's also a lack of awareness from their point of view to not see that you have a have a yeah, a scooter that helps you go around places, and people should know better. Yeah. Than. Um, just staying there and look like, oh, what do I do? Yeah, and the other thing I noticed too with regards to my disability scooter is I noticed that, like, great, like, I will almost sound American then, I noticed that um, supermarkets and stuff are fine, um, but when it comes to, like, let's say I want to go into, I don't know, a, a smaller store, an electronics store, or whatever it may be, I have real trouble navigating the very small aisles. Yeah question from me is how do you get your groceries from the shelves if they're like really really high? Usually, What's the process? So usually what I'll do is um, I'll usually I'll either ask or I'll actually I'll actually I should say very safely turn off the ignition to my scooter and actually have to stand up because and the reality is I don't want to do it to be unsafe but the reality is that you can't always ask somebody. Um, what would you? What would your recommendation be to the supermarket giants if they're watching this to make it more disability friendly for scooters? 
and for people with physical needs? Look, I think it's, to be honest with you, it's impossible, when it comes to a, a supermarket, it's impossible to accommodate everybody, but I think they could do with, with some lowered shelving, so even the top shelf can be, a, even if it can be a couple of feet lower than it currently is, it might be enough for even someone of my height to just reach that item that they want. That's exactly where I come in, being very short. I can't reach things that I'll yeah. get and I also, also think too, and this is just while I think of it, is that I think we also need, for the people that are housebound and for whatever reason can't get out to the shops um, for safety reasons, I think that major grocery stores and even some um, online shops should actually offer some free delivery. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to go to a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about safety in the home. And welcome back. Now we're going to discuss safety in the home. So guys, I want to ask you both the question, how do we ensure safety in the home? Well, for me, I have to make sure that if I want something, it's I'm able to do it. Um, so what my mum does, she puts the my favourite food, I'm going to call it favourite food, down the bottom of the shelf because they know that I can easily reach it. Uh, for medications, obviously, they have to keep it high because I have a nephew and we don't want him to be going through that sort of uh, kind of things. Yeah. So we just ask my carer to um, pick that up. Uh, the other things I do is to make sure that, um, that there's no like big steps that I can't really step onto or step off. So in my house, I make sure that I go to the side where there's railing to, to yep. pull my feet up. Because I find if I don't go to the rail, I don't have that protection of not falling. Because there's plenty of times where I've tried to do it without the rail, and you just don't have enough confidence to put your foot up to the step because you know uh, you might fall. But with that rail gives you the extra security. But the one thing I find very, very hard is that because my house is made of tiling, if you say, oh, I'll give you an example. I had the cleaner the other day and um, she was wiping the floors. And as you know, rubber and water don't like each other. And oh, you no, can really? slip the days. You could do banana splits all day. <laughs> but um, it doesn't help you when you're going to fall. So even if you do put your sticks in close, it still doesn't help you. Yeah, no, because you go right over. Mm. Catherine, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I think even like if you're physical or you're elderly, to make sure your house keeps tidy so there's no hazards. Yep. And to make sure that you've got people on the lookout for you and not um, keeping it inside. Yeah. Always, yeah. and my advice to you guys, if you're on your own, understand that you can't do certain things on your own, you need help. So speak yeah. out. Mm -hmm. I know some some people like to keep quiet, but I would say don't because people are willing to help you. You just 
go to like what I saw what I saw on the news news not that long ago but this two elderly they were they no one knew that there was um they had passed away because they were ill. They were they had some issues and people couldn't help them because they didn't know to help yeah. them. That's probably so that's probably that's also that's probably also a community disconnect. Yeah. So because people don't know that there's people living in there because they don't go out, they don't socialise, mm. that's probably impacted on, on that yeah. on that result. So we need to be more aware that we need to include elderly people yeah. uh, in the and communities and by knowing that they're there. Because yeah. so. accepting help from someone or crying out for help. Sorry. If you have neighbours that are on their own. Say hello to them, mm. or offer them food, mm. or let them know you're there and let them know you care. Mm. Even if they don't want that, just um, be like, have that kind of friendship. Yeah, I mean, as, as I was just about to say, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, ask for help because it doesn't make you useless. Yeah, no. Because at least... At the very least, even if you don't want help, at least if someone has a spare key yeah. or they know where that where you are. Sometimes, here and there, not all the time, but I need some assistance. Not all, but I can't go out or uh, at night, I can't take myself anywhere. I think the problem so is... I rely on yeah. police or... Bits and pieces. Because yeah, I know that the, the boundaries, I, basically. Yeah, because I know that the back-to-base alarm systems, the, like they call them MEPAX alarms, they're they're great. Because mm. all you have to do is push push them once a day, and it's really no hassle, and they work around you, with what regards you, to timing. What do you mean by alarms? So basically, it's a it's a back-to-base alarm system. So what it does is it plugs into well, my mine's um, mine's just done by signal, but the old ones used to plug into your phone line. And once a day between, I think, about 9.30 and 11 a.m., you, you have to push what they call a daily call button. And then once a month, you push a pendant. And that just that just lets them know that A, your pendant works, and B, um, that it tells them once a day, every day, that you're okay and they don't have to ring you. So, yeah, in, in my home, I've got a lot of um, power boards that need plugging in because I've got a lot of devices. And I noticed for me, one of, because of the way that the PowerPoints and even my TV aerials um, situated, is that I have real trouble um, squeezing in behind my entertainment unit. I have real trouble with with tripping. I, I, have to, I have to really, really watch it. Like it's just, it's absolutely terrible. And even if I put, you know, things too high on a shelf or like such as my medications, it can make it really hard to get them down. And you know, and that's what we're gonna we're gonna actually discuss now. Yeah, the medication. So, if you, I don't know if you guys take any medication, but how do you go about um, accessing it safely? Well, I've got a range of medications because my disability um, has made me uh, do it. Um, I don't want to do it, but I have to. Uh, because the health comes first. Um, so what what happens is, before when um, my nephew came along, I had um, a bag, and I used to just have my medications very close because you don't know when it's going to happen that you need it. 
So nowadays what we do is I put my bag on a table that's pretty high up. So if I need to grab it, I can still grab it, but my nephew can't go into it and cause himself yeah. harm. So that's how I protect myself and my nephew from um, medication. Yeah. Uh, what, what about you, Catherine? Do you take um, any medication or know about? Um, when I was younger, I used to. I used to have asthma a lot, but now as an adult, I don't take any medication. Oh, good. At all. That 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 just means you're healthier than both of us. That's right. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like I, I I must admit I take medi medication medication myself, and I I'm lucky for for now at least in the sense that I don't have to watch out for a child, but I do have to watch. Well, actually, it's probably harder in some sense because I don't have to keep a little child away from my medication. I have to keep a cat away from my medication oh, that can't be told yes. no. That's don't really eat that tablet. It's bad uh, for you. Because you can, like, you know what I mean? Because you can yeah. reason with a child. You can you say, can't. no, that's naughty. You can't reason with a pet, though. But you can. It's something. You've just got, got a pet. They're just like children. Yeah, but you, you still got to teach them over and over and over again. Yeah. They're, they're, well, they're actually worse than children, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, but, yeah, that's that's um, that's just me. And while, while we're on the topic, I will say this. Oh, even though the, they've got the they've got the child safety caps, do you notice, Storm, that it can be if you don't twist it the right way, it can be really hard oh, to I've, pull off. I've I've had problems with keeping the lid on because the lids aren't properly um, protected, um, so to speak. So, for example, if I don't squash it down completely, there's a little bit of a gap there, and what my nephew does because he's a, he's a monster sometimes. He'll see the gap and he'll use his little fingers and he'll just tweak it to make it go up a bit more. And I, I have to tell him, no, 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 no. And then you have to tell him, this is bad for you because you're not an adult. And I have to take it because if you take it, then it'll be bad for me because I'll you know, suffer the consequences of not taking like, it. When he gets older, you can really scare him and just tell him his heart, his heart will explode or something. <laughs> yeah, like something like that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Because just quickly before we go, I noticed, noticed with mine, like I spent forever trying to unscrew the cap because I take Ditropan and the fact that you've got to actually force it and then turn it and I'll spend ages trying to unscrew it, wondering why it won't unlock. I guess what we could do is we could find some disability gadgets that could help us to maximise our ability to open these gadgets because um, it's a really important thing to make sure that we have access but we can actually get to the medication as well. So now we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about safety for your support workers and safety with your support workers. We're back and now we're going to discuss safety in the workplace. guys. What sorts of things need to be in place to enable um, safety in the workplace to actually happen? Well, first things first, you need to make sure that there are no buyers in your work area or no potential hazards. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is you need to be able to have the accessibility needs to be pretty, pretty clear cut. Yeah. What I mean by that is the shelves need to be um, accessible, um, Doors need to be like easy to open, you know, just simple things like that. Um, but also, 
they need to make sure that the work they, that they give you is achievable and you can achieve it in a reasonable time frame uh, because people with disabilities have different learning capacities and they need to understand that before they put them in, um, in the big um, areas. So, Catherine, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? In the workplace, so like if you were going to go for a job interview, they need to, um, so if you were to go into like a coffee shop where I was working through Yorawa, they need to understand your needs and mm -hmm. accept that you do have a learning disability yep. and be ready for it. So if someone says, oh, I've got a person that's willing to work, she has a slight learning disability, so she's really good at this and that, and she's really sociable. He's really sociable. Um, and if they, then if they say to you, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, We'll have it. We'll have her on, and then when you go there, and they realise that they might be, you know, training you, but mentally, you're not processing it. But they're not seeing that, so that's an issue. Mm -hmm, that's a that that's a big issue because um, people need to understand that that person needs a little bit more specific help. To yeah. actually get work. Have, have so it, we need to. We need sorry, to, have, yeah. have, have any of you guys experienced that where they've just assumed that you'll be able to do this without really consenting you? I must admit, I haven't personally um, actually actually had that. I've, I've been very fortunate. Like well, even when I did, because you probably did um, in high school work experience. Yes, yes. I did. So I was very fortunate in that I did it at my I did it at my old primary school, so they actually knew me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes it easier. So I'm lucky in that I never experienced that, but I do know from even in applying for jobs, there's actually a major telco, and I've probably mentioned this in a previous podcast, if you go back, that there's a particular um, telecommunications provider that will actually ask you, when you fill in the online application form for the job, they actually ask you one of the questions. Do you need um, any modifications? or like, do you have, like, the first one is, do you have a disability? And... At first, you kind of think I want to tick no because I don't want to disclose to the the the, the, um, the human resources. But then you realise when you tick yes, it actually says, "What can we do to help? What kind of medication do you need? No, not medication. What kind of modifications yeah. do you need?" Yeah, that's a <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> um, what kind of modifications do you need? Like, do you need ramps? Do you need this? Do you need that? Lowered work workspaces. It's really good. Yeah, speaking of that. I did a diploma in music performance because I love my music and they didn't take my needs into their hands. They just said, yep, I can do it. But the work was so hard. I had no support. So when you want to, they need everywhere they should be including people that need, you know, offer that support. So what kind of support were you after, Catherine? The theory. So. I can't do, like, for instance, if there was a question in writing, yes. I don't understand the meanings of the question just there. It needs to be read out to me. So guys, 
it's it was it was great to talk talk about you know you know the workplace and everything like that. But now before quickly before we go, I'm just going to touch on a couple of more more things to to do with that because when you obviously you're home when you have a support worker, you know your your home is the support worker's workplace. So it's always important to ensure that you know that 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 they're safe as well in terms of you know lifting bending. But you also need to need to make sure that you know. You're, you're safe as well and that, mm. that they don't physically or verbally abuse you because that can happen. The other thing I would, I would also stress before we go is that always, you know, especially when you've got little children around or even support workers, be really, really careful with your equipment because it can be, if not used properly, um, dangerous to life. And I suppose this is what we can share, you know, with the general public um, who are caring for people with disabilities to ensure that we and they live in a safer environment. And with that, I think we should wrap up and say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.